The Lord speaks to us again from 1 Corinthians. There is much to say there. Perhaps a sermon could be done on every single verse, but today we move to chapter 4. Chapter 4. The lesson today is entitled, Be Careful Who You Imitate. Be careful whom you imitate. It goes without saying, uh, there's always this idea of you know, how do we learn and how, what determines our behavior. And there's this sense that a lot of it is built into us. It's innate, but there's also learned behavior. The things that we learn to do. Much of what we learn to do. Who we are, how we act, and how we think. We have become that way because of our parents. Much of how we think and act was learned when we were young by observing and imitating our parents. That is a truth. And it's a truth that Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul speaks of himself as being a father to his beloved children in verses 14 through 16. Therefore, he exhorts them to imitate him. So listen to this. So if you keep with that in mind, just listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For if you were to have, if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me. The Apostle Paul says, I'm your father, imitate me. So how did Paul become their father? And this verse makes it clear. The verse makes it very plain and simple because he became their father, he says at the end of verse 15, For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. He's the one who taught them the gospel. You read through the, back, through the book of Acts and you can learn where Paul came over uh, into Macedonia. And he ends up, in one of the places he goes to is to Corinth. And he teaches the people. He teaches them the gospel, and they obey the gospel. They become followers of Jesus. He was with them for over a year, and he spent a lot of time with them and helped them to develop, and the church began by Paul proclaiming the gospel to them. He taught them the gospel. The next question I ask, after considering how did Paul become their father, uh, it, the next question is, well, what was the gospel that he taught them? What was this? The word gospel means good news. What was his message? What was the gospel? So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Um, and I'll read verse number 1 with it because it talks about him proclaiming this, uh, this gospel. Uh, he says, And when I came to you, brethren... I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom proclaiming to you proclaiming to you the testimony of God. 
For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Here is the gospel put in a nutshell. And we know that that Paul spent, I, I believe it was a year and a half with the Corinthians. And he tells them what he was teaching them, the gospel that he was teaching them, the message was Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So it makes sense when we come together every Sunday and remember, we remember Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It makes sense for us to partake of the Lord's Supper every Sunday, every time we gather here. That's what the message is. That's what it's all about. Everything of who, who we are to be and the one that we follow, it's, it's indicated here at this Lord's table. And the bread and the cup is where we remember Jesus Christ giving his life for us. That's the message. So when Paul came to them and taught them the gospel, and so in this sense he was the one who fathered them, teaching them, it was the message that he was singing that he was preaching was that he taught them that Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if our Lord and master, if we think about this message, if our Lord and master humbled himself to the point of death on a cross, should his followers also be humble? That seems logical. And I think this is what Paul is pointing out here. This is the message that was delivered, a message of Jesus Christ, He was the Messiah, the Son of God, and He came to die for us. He came to serve us. He did it by going to the cross and dying for our sins. So we should follow that one who is our Lord and our Master. My question is this. Did the Christians in Corinth imitate Jesus? Were they, and I would say, well, they probably did when Paul was there. But we've got some evidence that no, they did not continue. Paul didn't stay with them forever. He was with them for over a year and a half when he first went to them. But they did not continue in this gospel message. Look at verses, still in chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 6 and 7. And I want you to notice the words in here, arrogant and boasting. And I'll warn you that as we get into this, um, these, these passages here, Paul is going to get a little sarcastic with them. And notice in verse 14 that we already said, he had started out by saying, I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you. So there was, he was cutting them down a little bit. But he wasn't doing that so they would just be put to shame, but so that they would learn. They had something they needed to learn. And he was being very pointed with them and had something to tell them. Because they were not imitating Jesus. Starting at chapter 4, verse 6. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively applied to myself and Apollos for your sakes, so that in us you may learn not to exceed what is written. So that no one of you will become arrogant in behalf of one against the other. For who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? 
And if you did not receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? So here is the problem. Corinth was a church with some problems. Makes us feel a little bit better today when we experience problems and difficulties among us, right? Because we know it happens. This early church that was taught by the Apostle Paul, apparently some, they were, they were kind of going at each other and some thought they had information that was more important or more knowledgeable than some of the others. They were boasting about things. They were, they were talking some smack to each other, but it says, it, notice he's, he had, Paul had written these things so that they would not become arrogant. The end of verse number six, no one of you will become arrogant in behalf of one against the other, but they had. They had become arrogant against each other. They had been boasting about things. I'm better than you. I follow him. His teaching is better. Well, I follow this person and their teaching's better. Arrogance, division, problems. That was the entire setup that was given to us in this book so far. So they had some issues. They had become arrogant and boastful. They thought they knew something. They thought they were smart. And this is... um, uh, Further exemplified in verse number 8. So let's have an example of this. Verse number 8, it says, You are already filled. You have already become rich. You have become kings without us. And indeed, I wish you had become kings so that we also might reign with you. So you can hear in this verse that Paul is bringing out some sarcasm. Because at the end of the verse, he says, I wish you had become kings. So they thought they were already filled. They were already rich. They were already kings. And the apostle says, without us. They have surpassed the, the ones who taught them. They think they know something. They're arrogant. They're boastful. This continues, verse number nine. For I think God has exhibited us apostles last of all. So this is the us. Us apostles. He's saying he's put us last of all. He's lowering himself. So listen to, listen to this. He, for I think God has exhibited us apostles last of all as men condemned to death because we have become a spectacle to the world. The world laughs at us. Both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. Oh, but you, you are prudent in Christ. We are weak, but you, you're strong. You are distinguished, but, but we are without honor. Listen to those words. Paul says they are prudent, strong, and distinguished, but... By making themselves out to be that, they're making themselves out to be better even than the apostles. Were they imitating Jesus Christ? To the main question, the main point, were they following the gospel that was preached to them, Christ and Him crucified? Simple message. They've gone beyond it. They figured out something. They're smarter than everybody else. Arrogant, boastful, better than the apostles. 
They were imitating someone. They were not imitating the apostles. They weren't imitating the ones who had originally taught them. They're imitating something else or someone else. They're following the ways of the world. So, question comes, who should they have been imitating? We've indicated this a little bit already. But go to verse 16 now again with me. Therefore, I exhort you, be imitators of me. So here he was after hitting them hard with this message. And he's just like, oh, you guys think you're so great. And we apostles, oh, we, you're, you guys are so much smarter than us. After hitting them with, uh, with those low blows. And you can get, there's more in there that I, I skip by. But he hits them hard. He's like, but I'm not trying to shame you. I, wanna, I want to lift you up in Christ. I want you to follow me. I was your father in the gospel. In Christ Jesus, I became your father in the gospel. I shared the truth with you. You're the re- I'm the reason that you're in Christ. That's what Paul tells him. So, verse 16, therefore I exhort you, be imitators of me. Be imitators of me. Be careful who you imitate. Imitate the ones who are right and good. Imitate the apostles. And notice in uh, chapter 11, verse number 1 of 1 Corinthians. Paul has to tell them again in 1 Corinthians 1, be imi- chapter 11, verse 1, excuse me. Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. He was with Christ. He's an apostle. He's a student of Jesus. He sat at his feet. He is, and I I should pause and say, I believe what I just said. And you might be saying, oh, no, he wasn't with Jesus. No, he was with Jesus in uh, in visions. He spent a couple of years in visions, perhaps, having visions. Uh, Galatians uh, chapter 1 tells us. So he was taught directly by Jesus. So he's saying, just as I imitate Christ, who I witnessed and saw and I know, I want you to imitate me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul's ways were in Christ. Verse 17, he continues, he says, for this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child. So he's saying, I'm the... I'm sending you one who is following me and who knows me and is is imitating me correctly. I'm sending him to you and he's going to show you what it means to be an imitator of me and an imitator of Christ. says, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. So Paul is saying, imitate me because my ways are in Christ. Imitate Jesus. Follow Paul's example and you will not become puffed up. So, verses 18 and 18 to 19, I'll read this. It says, Now some have become arrogant. The New American Standard has. Uh, number one beside it, you can go to the side note and look and see what they 
but they have something to say about that. And that word arrogant literally is puffed up. Puffed up. So for me, I imagine a puffed up head. You guys got big heads. You're puffed up. You think you're somebody. You think you're smart. You think you're better than the, the ones who delivered the message to you. You think the student has become greater than the teacher. It doesn't work that way. That's what 18-year-olds do and 17-year-olds. I won't go down to 16 because Will hasn't done this to us yet, so I'm grateful for that. But kids, when we grow up, we, th- we hit that point where we think we're smarter than our parents, don't we? Who hasn't done that? Raise your hand. I don't see any hands. I know everybody's reluctant. You haven't done it yet. (laughs) There's something in us that's so easy for us to get our heads puffed up. And we think we know more than our teachers at school. We know more than our parents. We know more than the preacher. We know more than, you know, it's, we do it all the time. So. Verse 18, that's, that's our, our heads getting puffed up. We think we're somebody. It's the pride of life. Boastful and arrogant. We're prone to it. We better be careful. Now some have become arrogant as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you soon if the Lord's will. And I will find out not the words of those who are arrogant, but their power. So Paul said, I'm going to come take care of this mess. There's some people in, amongst you that they think they're smarter than me and they, they're trying to share something new with you. No. We'll address that. So the leaders are getting some, there's some teachers there that have been getting their heads puffed up and the followers, they're getting their heads puffed up. Everybody's becoming boastful and arrogant. It's going to come to an end. But Paul says you better be imitating the right people. Imitate the right person. You can, Paul tells them, you can imitate me because I imitate Christ. That's the one that we imitate, not anyone else. We better be careful who we imitate. So, young people, be careful who you imitate. Old people, be careful who you imitate because you're still, we're still imitating those that we see around us. That's why we read biographies, right? That's why we uh, pay attention to what's going on in the world. We imitate people. We want to see those who have the right way and the good way of doing things, and we imitate them, but we also pick up bad habits too. We imitate the wrong people, and we also pick out the wrong things to imitate in the good people. But if you imitate Jesus, you'll never go wrong. Imitate Jesus. Young people, listen to me. Imitate Jesus. Imitate the Apostle Paul. Look at Scripture and read here and learn about these people and imitate them. And when you see godly people around you who look like they're trying to imitate the Scriptures, imitate Paul and imitate Christ, then imitate those people. And us adults, we better be imitating Jesus because there are people who are looking at us and they're going to imitate us. So let us be careful who you imitate. Quick little story. When I was in third grade. Third grade. Mr. Seckle told us we could put our desk in groups. And uh, somebody came up to me 
And this wasn't really a friend of mine, but he was a kid in class, and, and he said, hey, we're forming a gang. We want you to be in our group. We're going to put our, we're going to put our desk together, and they were going to make a gang. I don't, we probably had a name for the gang, or it just might have been the gang. I don't really know that. So the, we put our desk together, and um, it was me and four others. So we had five of us. We were in a gang. We got our little nicknames so that we could have our... Have our um, uh, what a gang member name, I guess. We were, I didn't think it was going to be a bad game. It was just a gang. We didn't, I don't remember anything of what we did other than we were together, right? So I had this sense of belonging, you know, and so, hey, I got invited to the gang by somebody I don't really know. Looking back at it now, it surprises me he would pick me because I kind of didn't really fit the gang mentality. <laughs> but anyhow, you know, that kind of get, I got picked to be in the gang. That's a good feeling when you get picked, isn't it? So I was in the gang. Um, and then there was, on a side note, this, this affects how I, how I, being in the gang affected how I thought and how I acted. Because there was one day I went with my brothers. My brothers were on a baseball team, so I went and I got to go to practice and I was kind of the bat boy with the older kids. Well, one day at practice, those boys came from practice and they were released to go get a drink in the middle of practice. And over at the drink they're kind of waiting in line to get their drinks out of the fountains because everybody didn't have thermoses and stuff back then, right? So anyhow, we're waiting. they're waiting to take turns. And while they're waiting to take turns, they're just kind of joking and laughing. And this one kid could make everybody laugh, and it was the coolest thing. But he told this little story, a quick little story about something his brother did or said, and everybody just laughed at it. Well, I decided that I was going to go to school and since I was part of the gang, and there was a leader of the gang, and his name was Ace, I was like, I'm going to tell Ace this. You know, this is really, this will make me look cool, because I wanted to be like that older kid who made everybody else laugh. I was looking at the older kid, and I wanted to imitate the older kid, so I went into class. And I told this little story, this little joke that had some ugly stuff in it. And I told that to Ace, and he laughed. And I was changed that day. I had decided that I was going to do something that was certainly not anything that I knew I should do. It was, it was far from what I should have done. Speaking the way I spoke, it was terrible. It was awful. But I was imitating somebody that I wanted to be like. I wanted to be the one that they looked to and laughed at. They thought was funny and clever and whatever. I wanted to imitate somebody, but I picked the wrong person to imitate. So let us all consider who we imitate. And I'll never, one thing I'll never forget about that day, I was, I was telling that, I was kind of whispering this to it, Everybody else in class was quiet, and I was over here whispering this stuff in Ace's ear. And, um, and the teacher looked up at me. I loved this teacher. He was an awesome guy. And I remember him looking up like, what are you doing? This isn't you. You're not supposed to be up talking in the middle of class. Go back and sit down. He didn't hear what he said, but he knew I was doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing. I was imitating the wrong people. It was the wrong thing. And I knew that moment that I did it, it was wrong. So be careful who you imitate. So who are we going to imitate? You young people, who are you going to imitate? When you go to school, when you're studying, when you're out having fun, when you're 
um, riding your bikes with your friends on the street, when you're playing hopscotch and all that, who, who are you imitating? What are you doing? Don't imitate anybody else unless they are imitating Jesus. You can imitate me as much as I imitate Christ. You can imitate these people here as much as they imitate, imitate Christ. Let us imitate Jesus. Be careful who you imitate. When you're ready to give your life to Jesus, you also imitate Him by dying, being buried. Our burial is not into the ground or in a tomb, but a, a burial in water so that we can be raised up to live a new life for Christ. And if there's anybody here who needs to imitate Jesus in that regard, I encourage you to obey that. If there's anybody here who needs the prayers of the church that you want to be a better model and you want to follow Jesus better so that others can follow you in following Jesus, I encourage you. If you need to respond in any way, won't you please come as we stand and sing.